You've never found a discarded Listen. pornographic magazine in the woods? No. No. No, wow. I, I never had any paper. You have lived a very, honestly, protected life. I like a clean trail, you know? No, like, no no trace. Mm. No trace. Cover my tracks. Digital footprint mm. only. Got it. Incognito browser, not enough. Catch that 14-year-old on VPN, dog. Welcome to the Mock Stars Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Evan Kunai, and I'm here with my two best friends in this entire world. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. We got Jordan Garcia. Way too much. Hello. And Christopher Ritter. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Canceled. <laughs> Today, we are talking about a few things. We have a pregame action and we're talking about tournament prep. We're talking about what it takes to get your head set and ready for entering a tournament, like getting through all, going through all the motions, practicing, deck building, making the cuts that are necessary. And we'll be focusing in on a deck that I am taking to tournament this upcoming weekend, which is in Idaho. It is Moscow or M- Moscow, Moscow. Uh, Moscow. Mos- yeah. Moscow, Not Idaho, Moscow. Not Moscow. Are you going to Moscow? Moscow. Are you marching to Moscow? I'm going to Moscow, baby. <laughs> in Idaho, where is there? There is a tournament called Win a Duel, and it's a pretty small tournament. But can you win a duel? You can win a duel. Oh, yeah. Which one? Take, uh, no, <laughs> I think no it depends a on, duel. on like probably, turnout. Yeah, probably depends on turnout. Like a game played, uh, revised Scrubland. I really wish I had more details okay. for you. In, yeah. But I don't, and I don't have details for uh, all of you listening right now. I will follow up with that. I'll actually post it in the details down below, where you can also find our Discord server, which if you jump on there, today I refreshed it, and it said, you have 300 plus new messages by, you know, (laughs) since this time. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it got contentious. You guys were texting in the thread like, oh my God, Discord's popping off right now. And I was like, I was like, is it? And then I looked and it was like, holy shit. Yeah, I was there for a little bit in the morning, like kind of when it started, and then it just went all day. Yeah, it was a lot of deck brewing, like a lot of Atlas really like instigated that whole conversation and it just like spiraled and spiraled and yeah, just he's getting like, ready for a big tourney yeah i think he's going to the tournament i'm carpooling with him for the win a duel oh yeah oh that's right yeah and then right. he's going into the i believe the qualifier after that yeah it'll be john atlas and i in a car dude that actually sounds like a yeah a blast yeah um down in the description below you can also find the deck that we're going to talk about for tournament prep which will be Zerus, the writhing storm and uh, you can follow us on all major podcasting platforms. Be sure to follow us there. Subscribe and leave us a review. Five stars, por favor, because it goes a long way for the algorithm and helping new people find us. You can also like, subscribe, and hit the bell on YouTube and uh, get notifications for when we drop our new videos which we're going to be streaming we're actually recording gameplay later today which we're super excited to get that content out to you guys so you can see our faces and how we play the game uh, I don't, probably, I don't, you're not going to see our faces it'll probably be sure i'm Sorry. definitely going to like turn my neck down at the <laughs> we'll table put our faces <laughs> under the GoPro, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just so you get a little glimpse a little peek all right let's get into it pre-game actions something happened today unexpected oh, what's up? but actually completely expected we, well, the Wizards of the Coast revealed the Summer Super Drop. What? Another secret layer? What? 
But the spring secret layer hasn't even ended yet. No, it ended on Friday. Oh, okay. And then it was announced on Monday. The following 100%. Monday. You got a weekend to recoup your fucking finances. And there well, are- the good news is that you don't have to recoup your finances because none of this crap is worth buying this time. True. I was just going to say there is a... A pretty uh, distinct line drawn in the sand for this secret layer. It's like either you like it or you fucking hate it because it is it is very. Uh, you either like it or you're a fucking sane person. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. There's a line drawn in the sand here. Like um, it's we, a terrible set. It's awful. We got a little we got a little teaser of it, and I was excited because we got uh, the Lord of the Rings like. The tales continue. Oh, uh, that teaser with the art like, was great. Yeah, yeah. with like that the Ralph Bakshi art. Yeah, yeah. Like I was stoked for it to like see it come out. Like the little whatever little one or two cards they showed us. Uh-huh. I was like, this drop is going to be sick. And the cards they chose were awful. Nope, wouldn't play one of them. Wouldn't not play a single one of them. Even I just don't. They didn't even have the decency to do Gandalf the White. At least the the possibly playable Gandalf. If you wanted to sell secret layers, like. You should have made the one ring in this set, like 100%. with the back with the backsy art. That would have been awesome. And you like know, they also, just, oh, you go. Sorry, go uh, they did like a whole line of those, um, like the legendaries. They did like that third artwork, you know, for like Gandalf and all that shit. Right, that'd be so cool. What if you just saved that and didn't put it in the set, and then that was the secret layer? Yeah, and you know what's disappointing too, uh, with the D and D movie, some of those were actual playable commanders uh, and cards that you would want. Right. And this is the one this is one of the I'm not a fan of all of them. I will say that I'm on the side of I like some of these secret layers. I'm not all for okay. all of them. Like this one, I'm not for this one. The card yeah. quality is awful. It's like, insane. It is absolutely dog shit. None of these cards are ever gonna be more than twenty five cents. Yeah, not worth the reprint. But I will say, and like to your point, there's some really cool art in a few of these cycles, I will say. Yeah, you get one you get one slip on the ring, Gandalf, friend of the Shire, Mirror of Galadriel, and Shire Terrace. No Mount Doom. Like, yeah. clearly, there were artworks from the movies themselves that were, like, iconic. Like, the depiction of Mount Doom um, was amazing, and I just don't know why they just didn't do that. It really hurts me. Yeah, you're totally right. The White should have been in here with, like, a special art and everything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of some of these. I like the art on some of these. Uh, I do not like the art the is better val- than the cards. Yeah, I, the value behind it just does not exist. I think in any of these bundles, like, dude, I love the Mountain Goats. That's the band that I've seen perform. I don't know, dozens of times live. Uh, I've talked about Magic the Gathering on Twitter with John Darnell. Uh, no interest in buying ten mountains. No, for $40. Well, yeah. this is the rate that we wanted to see basics printed at prior and sets prior. And then they finally do it. And we're like, yeah, we it's too little too late. They did it wrong, though. Yeah, like, they did the it thing. wrong. Like the thing would be like, I love this art, like the Godzilla Island, bro. I yeah. want 50 of those. Like you don't get that with this. There's, you know, all unique arts. So I will say that, like, even though a lot of these cards out of all of these drops, there's not a single one that, like, if you were to go buy the base variant of any of these cards, are going to meet the value of the secret layer itself, right? None of these cards collectively together in one pile equals $40 nope. for the foil version, right? Not even the non-foil version. But I will say, and this is something that uh, Ritter and I were talking about before uh, we got on air, 
was that a lot of these secret layers have one card that often carries the carries the load for the value of these drops. Yeah, the chase. So you know, it's like uh, you look back at the uh, yeah, we were talking about the like the Metal Gear Solid themed one. Like mm-hmm. that Skull Clan's thirty five dollars. Yeah, yeah, that I was mean, one I'm sad I missed. You this, know, the Phyrexian Metamorph. This uh, you know the tiny yeah. bones here might be you know a pretty valuable card and actually you know that art with it might take most the value proposition there right and that's but that's one drop that i think is actually worth it and not for it being cost like cost wise mm-hmm. because uh the drop itself has a self-contained package for building that deck and that is something we've never seen before out of these secret layers and that is the reason why i am on the side of liking this is because i want that one to sell really well because i want them to see that this is what they should be doing it's what they should have been doing because like you look back at like the Miri cats, like the mm-hmm. very early on, that whole drop was a package for a commander deck. Right. Someone thought about what was going into the pack and yes. made it worthwhile. Yeah, that's a very good point. I did not consider that. So I will concede that point. So and then uh you look at yeah, that whole uh there's another drop that's just like that, and it's the Nekusar drop, uh where Okay, yeah. It's like heavy metal forever. Or uh death is temporary, okay. metal is forever. All of those cards are cards that go into a Nekusar deck because they bank on discard. Yeah, I guess so these are going to be more specific. Are you a fucking Nekusar player or want to get off the ground with it? Here's some sweet gas for you. Exactly. Right for you. I just saw this as like the only card here worthwhile is like a Wheel of Misfortune, and I've already stopped playing that in most of my CDH decks. Right. And there's another, like the uh, Goblins... Goblin and Squadlins, the elementals, like definitely all of these are focused on like, hey, you're going to build a deck of, with all of these. This yeah. is exactly why I like these drops. And yeah. it's not because they're cards I want to play. I really would like to see more cards that I want to play. But I feel like they could do this, but better. Like as far as like the the chase or the valuable reprint, you know, the meaningful chance to get your hands on something. Yeah. And I think that the Shattergang Brothers uh, is a less than desirable commander like it's just not good yeah. it hasn't been good for a long time it's been it wasn't like good 2014 something like that when it was actually played you know but you get c- cool cards like muxus which we haven't seen reprinted since the original jump start which is cool so like and then you get goblin recruiter you get goblin matron and you get goblin lackey all cards that go into those decks uh i mean we talked about uh conspicuous snoop for a long time and these are all cards that combo off with that mm-hmm. so you're allowed to like lay the top card of your library and then uh go off with that so i think that the artwork on it's very unique i actually love its style it's very uh mm-hmm. regular yeah, show on, like, on these yeah 100 yeah, type vibes fun. evan you know what you've convinced me uh it's it's good for some reasons not enough for me to buy any of these uh, not enough value though yeah totally the intention is there the value is not the, some of these cards will, like you said, the Tiny Bones will likely carry the set or mm-hmm. carry that particular drop. Yeah. But also Reassembling Skeleton is played in multiple formats. So okay. that's another one that I feel like if you wanted the Primo version, you're playing in Legacy Vintage or whatever, and you're playing that deck, you might be able to get there. Plus, Gyre Reach Sanitarium, I feel like it's going to be a more popular card. now that we're I like seeing, that card. Yeah. yeah. Now we're seeing uh, Orcish Bowmasters fall into the new meta. I feel like that's going to be more. Oh yeah, procs it. Yep, tech it out. Like, see if it works. Because each opponent draws a card and then discards a card. They don't go up in card advantage, but you do get to proc three damage across the board. Hmm. So I think you just broke Orcus 
Orcish Bowmasters. Whoa. Finally. That was, I mean, that was one of the first cards I thought about when I read the card. I was like, Guy Reach Sanitarium, I used to play it to prevent the uh, Thoracle wins. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, yeah, it was it was something that I've always teched in my brain for Naya decks that can't quite keep up with Demir builds. So. I do want to rag on this a little bit because for this concept, the uh, elemental version, the choice of Flame Kin Harbinger, it's terrible. And Voice of Resurgence doesn't even go in the nope. Omnath. They didn't print the four-color Omnath, so they printed the two-color Omnath and then printed Voice of Resurgence, which does not go in that. Yeah, they're those... Well, who's going to be your commander in Elementals? It's probably a five-color commander anyway. I would say it's probably four-color Omnath, but I okay. mean... I, I mean, there's been yeah. two-color because they've done all of the Omnaths. So, like, green-red is very much... A, he's a good commander, honestly, but they didn't print just green-red ones and stuff like that. Like, So the choice there was very, very weird. I would have done just the four-color Omnath if you wanted to have access to all of these. Totally. In the, the artist series, Ryan Alexander Lee... Like, he's a great artist. He's done some iconic stuff in the past, but this drop doesn't make sense. They might have been cards that he really wanted to do. They're some of his favorite his favorite cards, mm-hmm. but none of them hold any value. None of them are good. And honestly, like, the way the cards are formatted, they just don't look as good as some of these other drops. I don't think that one's going to sell very well. And like Jordan said, the Stars Gaze Back, awful drop. That is just absolute ass because... I mean, even the de- artwork, the depiction of Omnath is kind of... It's kind of weak. Yeah, weak it's really weak. And I think the artist series thing, like, those are really hit or miss. Some of them are absolute bangers, but the the whole, yeah, just pick five cards and make them. Like, it doesn't always work out the best. Like, no. I feel like we need a little more direction to really get the best out of that situation. Yeah, we have some, like, artists who are out there and, like, doing the homies, a, like, a solid by, like, Randy Vargas doing the grand abolisher and as uh umizawa jite like yeah huge reprints dog beautiful like thank you bro all i saw when i saw this was they're counting the fifth one as a new token for the world World spine worm or whatever the fuck it's called (laughs) yeah um so that's just a cheap dig on top of the fact that all these cards are trash yeah i when they were like teasing the adventure more adventures in middle earth i was really hoping we'd get some old cards reprints like reskinned or something like that, cards that weren't printed in the set with that artwork, the Bakshi artwork. But that's not what they did. They chose some of the worst cards that they printed in the entire Lord of the Rings set and said, here, eat it up, simpletons. Yeah. Evan, you've convinced me this secret tr- secret lair. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly where we're at. at yep. I'm glad we got morning. full circle. 8 a.m. this morning. Texting. All right. Well, I hope this that... trash. Yeah. I, I hope that, like, all of you listeners out there, that I've convinced some of you to like at least give these uh five card packages for decks a chance like it might not be the deck that you want to build like but if you are looking to build tiny bones they just did you a huge salad right. by giving you I like, like that concept yeah. I like if I, if I was a necrostar player you know i'd be like fuck yeah dude that's gas 100 percent scoop that had they done a zeros one i would have been like let's right. go and if they keep doing them and like that's just gonna happen and like you know that'll hit that niche for those people we haven't seen a nude artwork for Marith in a while so yeah like that would have been a cool one especially since it just topped you know a tournament recently so I, I mean just start if they start paying attention to what's happening in the medicine what's becoming popular like Tayam could probably use a secret layer soon with like a promise of boon rai in there i think that would actually hit and people would buy into that you know evan you mentioned uh a card xerus that we're going to talk about i think 
Yes. We actually talked about Atlas a little bit in the Discord about how he has uh, hopped on there and started discussing the cuts that he needs to make in order to go to the tournament this weekend, which is exactly the boat that I'm in. Because we all know the prep for tournament is exhausting, not only mentally, but financially sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this tournament, the... Uh, win a duel in Idaho is actually only 10 proxies. So, Oh, spicy. Yeah. So they are allowing it in some form or fashion. So like if you don't have a guy's cradle, Hey, proxy a guy's cradle, it's probably mm-hmm. going to be worth one of your 10 slots, but they're not going to like make you proxy. You can't just proxy a whole deck just to get, go to this tournament. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. I don't really know what's going to end up as a proxy for me. I have a lot of the pieces already. So, um, Right now, you guys, I sent you guys the list. Um, I'm not sure if you've taken a look yet. I have just started. Uh, a big part of the, like the process for transitioning into tournament prep, uh, a big part of the process is really deciding which commander you're going to show up to, show up with, right? There are some commanders that there's no question, right? I think Atlas is taking Kenrith because yeah can do good stuff some right? people bounce around a ton with x and everything i noticed like new tournament new deck kind of stuff especially when they're all proxy friendly mm-hmm. um and then other people like atlas you know always playing same thing just like you know a few adjustments and i know that you when you tournament prep this last time you bounced between like four commanders like a week before yeah. the tournament came up so it's it's like this always those shifting sands like what what are you going to be playing and then how do you build around that because you have things in the commands on like Tavish Zot was like the perfect commander for you, I felt like. Yeah, well, I found like definitely like my my bay and like my mainstay deck. But even then, like granted in proxy friendly formats, like things change. You know, if you know the meta you're going into, like you might not want to do that. You know, if you know it's extremely stacks everything, you might want to adjust accordingly. Or the other way around, if it's, you know, four turbo decks at the table, like that really changes things. Right. Uh, this one being 10 proxies, I almost feel like I'm in that middle ground because Gabby's was no proxies and we saw how absolutely stacks heavy that was. And now with 10 proxies, is that enough proxies to get some of these decks off the ground? Yeah. And I know that for the, for the Gabby's tournament, a lot of people would, uh, offer their collections up and just be like, Hey, you can borrow cards from me because I'm playing this deck. I don't need these cards. If you need them, I will jot you down on the, on this list of what you've rented from me essentially and you can build the deck that you need so that you can compete so that's like the freaking positive that's the community that has such good vibes yeah that we've somehow fallen into thank you guys we love you we can't wait to play again uh i play against you and play with you uh at gabby's again soon um and some of you will be playing against at this tournament but uh I, I just don't know how stacks heavy this this tournament's going to be. So mm-hmm. a lot of that, I mean, you got to assume some amount of stacks, no matter what, right? Yes. Like I, I don't think we're going to be facing like heavy, like exclusively stacks decks. You, there will be in they will be in the field for but, sure. But at a minimum, you need to plan on like being able to play through rule of law, having a game plan that can do that in yeah, some way. I don't know if right. ten proxies is enough for someone to be like, okay, I've been playing this deck that is not proxied because I it's what I can afford. And then like 
I don't. It's not enough to change their entire deck to a different deck. Like, I mean, yeah, you could put gas in it. Ten but, proxies is just lands. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. You're not gonna no. be able to just come up with a different deck. Like, that's a lot more cards. Like, if we were to go through the top ten cards for like that are almost financially limited limiting to the community it's probably like mana crypts uh a bunch of the moxes guy's cradle dual lands lands dual lands led exactly like stuff like that wheel of fortune led is just like literally an essential in you know over half the decks which is just insane mox diamond is a hundred percent of the totally in that top i mean even even in that second tier dockside ragavan yeah those aren't aren't cheap cheap cards dog like yeah a hundred percent yeah so you're right Uh, the 10 might not be enough to like totally warp it um but people will have gas like that's no question but i just don't think it's to be like hey free for all let's just bring you know five color decks galore yeah i didn't know i was going to this tournament until about a week ago yeah this is a quick one <laughs> yeah so it's coming up in five ish days and i i didn't really settle anything but i told jordan like prior that the next tournament i play at i just want to have fun and while that means that i want to have a good time it doesn't mean that i'm not playing competitively and right. so like when i'm brainstorming this deck and i've had a lot of reps with the deck that i'm taking which is zero's writhing storm link in the description below i'm at 101 right now like in yeah it's gotta find I'm, a cut yeah i'm having trouble finding a cut and i look through the list i don't have sylvan safekeeper so i technically have to find two cuts i have a question yeah uh tell me about whirlpool whirlpool warrior what was that (laughs) yeah i've never i i've just never seen that card yeah it's great and it's great in xeris right uh it's two and a blue uh i think it's a two two merfolk that says when it enters the battlefield you shuffle the cards from your hand into your library and then draw that many cards so it's a great way to like reload your hand uh there's also another whirlpool like type merfolk that does the same thing but it does not have the additional text which is pay one red sacrifice whirlpool warrior and then each player shuffles the cards from their hand into their library and draws that many cards so it's a creature-based wheel that when it enters the battlefield that ability to shuffle my hand into my library goes on the stack most of the time i don't allow that ability to resolve without also sacrificing it so that everyone wheels that way i don't like i can hold on to interaction that i might have in my hand for that uh when i finally sacrifice it so what i'll do is when it enters the battlefield that ability goes on the stack i'll maintain priority pay the red sacrifice it make everyone shuffle their hands in that way i get the value right away yeah it's been a, a sneaky little card because it's pretty hard to interact with yeah and now that we have stern scolding in the format i, I love to see in this deck yeah it's great yeah. It, it's a great card i think it hits a lot of stuff. The uh, the direction I'm going with this deck is that Orcish Bowmasters is the hottest card in town. <laughs> Everybody loves talking about it. I witnessed a play with it last Thursday that was absolutely insane, which was me attacking with a Ragavan, another player having a Ragavan, and me attacking uh, Topher. Uh, and he had two open mana, and I was just not really even thinking, like, oh, why would he flash in? something right now he's got two mana so i swing at him just trying to get a treasure a little bit of mana so that i can keep moving my objective forward and he flashes in the bowmaster, the etb trigger he zaps the other player's ragavan creates the orc and then blocks my ragavan with an orc doesn't lose the doesn't lose the bow masters at all 
and kills two Ragavans in the process. I cannot tell you how much I keep forgetting about the Amass Orcs one. I don't even think about it. It's it's unbelievable. It's super good. You just two for one the fucking Ragavans on the board. Yep. And you have just a gross stacks piece at that point. Yeah, it didn't need flash, but it has flash. Yeah, that's just are. like that's a big dick play right there. Yeah, it was unreal because it just it kind of honestly it, it pushed the game in his favor. Like that was breaking parity super early in the game. It slowed two players down to a point where they couldn't really get off the ground. And we struggled for a good like a good few turns after that. But um where was I going with the the whole Bowmasters thing, right? Bowmasters so, gonna be everywhere. Yeah, and stern scolding. So are people going to waste their stern scolding on the Whirlpool Warrior entering the battlefield if Xerus is on the battlefield? Like, I doubt it. Am I going to get a lot of snakes? I think if they're going to if they're going to counter something, they're probably going to counter the Bowmaster. They're holding the counter for the Bowmaster as it they want to enter the battlefield. It depends because, like, you know, if the control deck or me or whatever has the, the win in hand, I'm not going to let you wheel if I have the interaction for it. Right. You <laughs> Especially because I'm holding a counter spell that's not going to protect my win condition. And now we have this notorious wheel punisher, like, or wheel advantage, depending on where you're sitting at the table and who has the Bowmaster in hand. But that's kind of where the deck is leaning. It's like, I want to force the issue in an ironic way. So that's why I built this deck. That's yeah. why I'm taking it to tournament. Okay. So see how good it is. <laughs> right. How good is it to draw cards outside the first one in each of your draw steps? We're going to find out. So Xeris, I love that it punches for three. Most of the time, people aren't really going to kill it unless they see the red flags pop up early, which is pretty easy to hide the red flags. They're like, oh, you get snakes. Great. Whatever. But, you know, like they, if there's a guy's cradle on the board, they're probably going to kill kill Xeris. Like you said, people like to draw three cards. Exactly. You know, they're going to be looking at you like, hey, punch me. Yeah. Punch me. 100%. I'll take the damage. I'll draw three cards. But if Winota's at the table, I'm punching Winota for sure. Because them drawing cards is actually better. I will take that. Yeah. I'd rather take that chance than uh, allow, yeah, the Grixis player to draw cards or whatever. Sometimes it's a losing. You're going to lose either way. But that's why I'm playing cards like Telepathy. I really think. That was the next card I was going to ask about. Yeah, yeah, because I think that if I'm forcing people to draw cards, I also need to know how to navigate the field. And when everyone's holding their hands and I can't like see what they have, it's a lot harder to navigate. I think for one blue mana, I don't have to show my hand. Each opponent plays with their hand. Or I do like that. Uh, That's pretty funny. I like that. I But I also feel like, I don't know, in a tournament setting, uh, you just got to assume that your opponent's have the good cards they have the answers in their hand and you're going to be navigating anyway like you're getting i don't think a hundred percent of the value that you're stating is in that card exists in the card i i think it's not the best card but to what evan is saying i think it's not like you have to manipulate it it's what happens to the table's politics when okay. everybody has to mm-hmm. see their hand like you know like uh priority bullying right where you're the thrasios player and this guy next to you is casting right so I'll pass. I'll make you fucking counter that. I'll make you spend your mana, dig and dig and dig. But when that's on the table, it's a lot harder to politic that way. Yeah, if you if you turn one it, right, and you reveal everybody's hands, and the next player is looking at a jeweled lotus into their commander or like a dark writ into an adnaz, it's really easy to convince the other players, hey, you gotta do what you gotta do here. Yeah. And, and like make them spend their resources. So ultimately that's the purpose for it. It's the reason I was playing Revelation and Shalai and Halar was it's color shifted telepathy, but I also have to play with my hand revealed, but I don't 
I didn't really care too much because people know exactly how the deck combos off and wins. Okay. Uh, I have a third card that I'm just not seeing the upside there if you got to cut one card. Mm-hmm. Wizard class? Car- How'd you know? Because this is a card I was going to suggest. It's <laughs> yeah. not good. No, no. Wizard yeah. class is definitely on the chopping block. Uh, it's Buddy, you can just chop that right yeah. now, I think. Yep. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. It was. I had it in there before I cut Sanctum Weaver. I really like enchantment strategies unfortunately these aren't the colors for that so like you know what i i have an example for you just i i know i think you're going to do it but you could be playing instead of kessig wolf run a oh you're already playing reliquary tower but like an, yeah. another effect like that for free without changing your mana base it's also not super necessary yeah, or and, necessarily and you don't need even it. good because you're an underworld breach deck so you overfilling your hand and discarding like the hand size is actually not bad sure yeah i mean and that's, I guess, ultimately why I'm playing so many wheels, and that's why I'm not playing Time Twister. And like, uh, I'm playing more discard effects than I am playing like shuffle my library into my or shuffle my hand into my library. That's the Whirlpool Warrior is the only one that I do that. I'm not shuffling my graveyard in though. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, Wizard Class. I was playing it before. Yeah, like I said, before I cut Sanctum Weaver, I figured for one blue mana to like be able to hold on to so many cards, have so many resources, because I'm also playing Consecrated Sphinx. I mean. I don't if, know. It, you got that crop rotation. You can just fetch your reliquary tower if you really need if that. If that's yeah, yeah. Or you know, it's like hard to really justify that when you can just go get a guy's cradle. What's the um and generate a ton of mana? Yeah, two CMC kind of rock of that does it. I mean, you could play that in in place of one of the other rocks yeah thought vessel. If you, yeah, if if you really wanted that effect again in the deck, um, I don't think wizards wizard class is adding anything. No, it's staying on the board that you can pay two in a blue and draw two cards. Okay, you I know mean, it's not like that's not a lot of the worst rate in the world that I've ever, I've I mean, ever had to play. You got deck. some thirteen thousand dollar draw some cards, uh, yeah. cards in this deck already, right? I think I so yeah, that's on the chopping block for sure, and I think it just comes out of the deck uh, now that I'm no longer playing enchantment bonuses. Oh, you're so, not playing time twister, so not thirteen thousand. Yeah, right, right, right. But you know what I mean. You got a yes. lot of draw spells, um, a lot of better draw spells than I yeah. found. Yeah, I found that as I'm like preparing for this. Most of the time now, which uh, blue seems not as strong as it used to be, and I think it is still a very strong color, but white almost beats it out because they're able to put down permanents that stop a lot of things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm. stacks interacts more consistently than... You need that counter spell right then. I think Mardu is is positioned very well right now. Totally. Like, Grixis is always going to be Grixis, but Mardu is crushing. Yeah, the one-sided... Uh, I mean, I'm. I feel like I'm at a disadvantage already because I'm not playing Ranger Captain. Yeah, I can't. I can't play Ranger Captain. Such a good card, and and it's the one of the top five cards in the format. Right. I now. would. Agree, I would agree with that. It's so yeah. powerful. It's just unbelievable. Like free, or it's the almost nearly uncounterable because it's a creature. We don't have many like things to stop that. I think does Stern Scolding stop it? Is yes. it a three three? It's definitely not a three three, but. Regardless, when it does land, you do have a free silence effect that ultimately wins you the game if that ability resolves or if someone doesn't interact with you with that ability on the stack. So, yeah, white has just blown up. I lied. It's a 3-3. It's a 3-3. Can't even be stopped by Stern Scolding. So the, that's actually pretty goaded. Right. The that's num- actually really goaded. The number of counters, that's why Stern Scolding has been in the discussion is because right now there aren't a lot of creature counters. There just aren't. You have Force of Will and you have Pact and Negation. Like, and you hope that you have them in your hand when mm-hmm. someone casts a creature they need to win the game. Dockside, loops, whatever. Yeah, this one is enough to make us want to play it. Because they exist, they're just not good enough. Yes. This one is. I, it's, I mean, it's in my deck, it's in your deck now. 
Yep. And uh, there's just a lot of commanders. Like it stops Rocco. I think that that is like probably the most important thing or one of the top reasons for me is like going against Turbo Rocco. It happens quick. Oh, God, does it? It happens so fast. And like if you just don't have the right thing in hand, if they veil summer, you know, at the beginning of the turn, you know, mm. you're just like, yeah, this kind of sucks. Well, I like I like what you're doing because in like this deck you have some control aspects and stuff too because you know you are kind of amassing value and not winning like immediately you're not turboing out a win even though you're on breach um, like Narset obviously a great addition to this deck Oko I think is fucking sick in this deck um, one thought towards that might be a counterbalance this might be a good counterbalance deck yeah um, I don't have any like top deck manipulation there are a lot of you know, sometimes it just fucking counters the thing. Yeah, yeah. Take the chance. Totally. Might be better than one of your other counter spells. Just like have, like you're saying with white, just having it on the board, and you don't need that card in your hand right then. It is kind of the funniest thing in the world to like flip a land off the top when someone's oh, like kind of mana crypt. Off a mana crypt or yeah. something, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah, to turn one, a uh, uh, counterbalance is actually oh disgusting hot. Um. I, I want to shift down because like uh, we're ragging on you for a few cards. Totally. I mean uh, that's that. This is part of the process. And if, which I will bring up Gutshot. I think Gutshot is not good enough to be in this deck. I think it's good enough. Uh, I can see Gutshot being in there if you do need to cut a second card. It's pretty. It's in. Well, I mean, you're, you're not playing a. I would play a braid before I played Gutshot if I had to play like a already spell. playing a braid. Right? Yeah, no, I do have not. a braid in there. Oh, you're not alphabetized. Okay, yeah. got it. I'm having a tough time cutting a braid. Oh, yeah, don't cut yeah, a braid, bro. Good. Don't cut a braid. Nope. Well, here's the thing, right? Flexibility. Yeah, I, I mean, that's why I'm playing Gutshot, right? Is one, there are, so there are three cards that are um, non, like, un, like they're staying in the deck. They're cemented into the list, and that's just due to my own personal play style, my own mm-hmm. personal, like, pizzazz in this deck, because I want to have fun, right? You tell me Zerus isn't solved already. You have those flex... <laughs> you know right like you can play team or good stuff and probably get away with a few wins but i really want to like focus in on a few things and one is uh altar of the brood yep whenever i create a snake it's a permanent entering the battlefield and kills people right yeah it's a fun card the uh psychic corrosion two and a blue Ooh, one two punch right there great both of those do fucking work in this deck yeah and then song of creation yep okay absolutely like, it's <laughs> that was what i was moving us to yeah i mean song creation i could see uh, I can anticipate the argument you're going to make, Jordan, but like, man, there's a lot of value right there. Oh, it, no, no, no. I, it wins I, the game. Not negatively. Sorry. I was moving us to, uh, I want to talk about the song creation because it's the most exciting part of this deck. Okay. Yeah. I love song of creation. Uh, so that's why I'm playing Gutshot too. And Gutshot hits a lot of things right now that uh, are threats. Like it kills a Bowmaster. It kills a Ragavan. It kills a lot of, like, it, I just think that it has more versatility and more use Man, you only got to cut one card. I literally have one enemy this entire tournament, and it's the card that I have been ragging on. And it's the I what I'm ironically building into is Bowmaster gameplay. Yeah, right. So having a gut shot in hand when I've tapped out for whatever reason is gonna save my ass if I have it. You know, it's that's kind of where I'm at. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, a gut shot is going to keep a player from creating a 21 20 or 22 22 orc and Mm -hmm. blasting a table for 22 damage because this deck wants to wheel and i don't have access to bow masters 
that is ultimately where it is. Okay. Right? So yeah. maybe maybe that secret layer with Necrosar actually gets to hold a little bit more value now that Bowmasters is out. Who knows? But Necrosar uh, CDH question mark. Um, all right, fair enough. Let's talk about uh, song of creation. What's your what's your line there? Is a unique line, especially in CDH. People probably aren't looking at it that much. I know it's more of like if it happens, it happens. People do shit their pants when they see it, though. So, <laughs> yes, so three relevant lines of text. You can play an additional land on each of your turns. That's green. Whenever you cast a spell, draw two cards. That's pretty blue. And at the beginning of your end step, discard your hand. That's red. So yeah, uh, this has one of the greatest artworks of all time by a sexual predator. It is one blue, red, green enchantment. Yeah, that has all of those things. Obviously, Mm -hmm. the end, the last line of text is a hard pill to swallow, right? At the end of your turn, you have to discard your The sexual predator part? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because his name is the last (laughs) line of text. (laughs) No. No, discarding your hand feels is painful at times because uh, here's the thing. You cast a spell, you draw two cards, you're replacing it, and going up in card advantage you can play an additional land on each of your turn so hopefully you can keep the chain going um the big i guess the uh the cool part is is it becomes a displacer kitten target or displacer kitten target Mm. because it allows me to play even more lands it comes Uh, in comes back down finally broke displacer kitten (laughs) no that's pretty fun but yeah so it'll flicker flicker song of creation will come back down i can play another land keep the chain going yeah also We've, I've played a little bit of this before, and you know it's kind of like a, a, a manual storm engine, essentially, instead yes. of usually just Jeskai. It's Teamer, which is really exciting and fun. Um, but so this placer kitten didn't exist, and the biggest problem with this card when you're manually storming is lack of mana. And I think yep. we've gotten Bergy, and we've gotten Displacer Kitten since then, and uh, Stormkiln Artist. So I think those are three huge boons to this like Song of Creation world. It's just like not necessarily in this deck, but... Song of Creation is just super fucking exciting. Yeah, so you can see that my my mana curve is like one or la- probably close to one. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's because I am playing Gutshot, stimulates Song of Creation. I'm playing Mental Misstep. I'm playing Noxious Survival. I need like my interaction suite is large here. And a lot of my thought has been like, how am I going to in- do I have to interact with myself on the stack in order to keep the Song of Creation ball rolling? Mm-hmm. You know, like how do you proc it? Yeah, how, yeah. You know how because it is manual storm after a certain point where you're just drawing a ton of cards and it, it's obviously going for like a Thassa's Oracle win. Because when you get to the bottom of your library, you got to have a couple. You got to. That's the thing. There's so few slots. It's a hundred. It's 99 cards like in the deck, but there are so few slots. So it makes me want to like play Jace or play like uh, Lab Man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, effect. the fact that you're in teamer is just like it's a hindrance for these kind of combos. You know, the other colors assist it really well. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you wanted to focus that, you know, you already do have the full wheel pack or uh, breach package, right? You have like brain yep. freeze, underworld breach, LED. So, so, yeah, getting there is like the goal. Right, exactly. So if that's your main win condition. Then like, you know, song of creation kind of helps fuel that. And it is really kind of hand in hand. Um, and then. I think, yeah, I think Jace would not be bad at all as an addition. Yeah, and so now we're looking at, we got, we got one cut, Wizard Class, obviously gone. We talked about Gutshot. I don't know if I really want to take Gutshot out. I mean, I like Gutshot over Jace. I, I feel like if yeah. Thassa's your backup win con, you don't need redundancy for, for Thassa. You know yeah. what I mean? And I don't have a, like a crater hoof in here or anything like that. So really, I'm, I'm in that very peculiar position where if I get uh, Opposition Agent, 
you know, like someone hits me with an oppo agent for a worldly tutor they can take my thassa's oracle away and i lose the game right and oh, then i have dude. to win through combat and that's not the easiest thing to do uh especially when you have to create an army of snakes uh, i've done it before yeah right but it's a really like everyone else still has their win conditions i have to be able to interact and somehow slog my way to the dub yeah chris i typically would agree with that concept of like you don't need like the redundancy but in a a teamer build where you have like just the worst tutors possible and a lack of win conditions like i think maybe having thoracle and js is just like that backup just because your goal is to be fucking wheeling into a win so yeah you need to have something i mean what there's the opportunity to uh also use displacer kitten to flicker jace if i cast it early enough to keep drawing cards like if i can keep the storm going that way so uh, you know jace actually might be the better option just for as far as like running this displacer kitten package because yeah, i included do. yeah i included internal eternal witness because i was already playing lotus battle right so i was like hey i get that going i get infinite mana and then uh, after a certain point, you generate infinite mana. You infinite can then start Jace activations. Yes, infinite Jace activations. You can infinitely, like, uh, like I said, song of creation. You know, it's just like you cast the uh, lotus petal over and over again. You bounce song of creation. You play. You know, you already have infinite mana. You're fine. Yeah. Right. But uh, the J- infinite Jace activations would win me the game too. So. Yeah, okay. I, I like yeah. these kind of things yeah. that layer. You know, it's not like you just need it for like that brain freeze. You know, end step kind of thing. But you can also play it with the displacer skin to get value and like as an alternative outlet as well. Like, yeah, I think there's value in that. So I guess my thought process going into building this deck and really wanting to play this deck at tournament is how off axis it is. Right, it's something that nobody wants to play right now because they're so deathly scared of bowmasters, and uh, I really wanted to like just yeah have fun show up. And people see the commander and they go, ha, easy win. <laughs> and I go, psychic erosion. And they go, <laughs> million for 40 cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a deck that I had done a call me commander video on and I called it Zerus Yakon's Bane inspired mm. by the DBZ episode where Goku uh, overpowers this being that consumes light because when he goes super sane, he gives off light. And so uh, he powers up consistently enough and is just overfeeding this beast and then before he knows it he's consumed too much energy and he explodes right so mill people and draw them out until they realize they only have like two cards in their library left and then they go oh fuck i'm gonna lose that's pretty sick well that's that's sick i am out of cuts i think hear me out yeah gin cataxis reduce their hand size by hand size by seven yeah, yeah, I, you know, it would be, be pretty fucking sick. That would be sick because I can make them draw cards and then they just yeah. have to discard it all. That'd be um, you know, Consecrate Sphinx, I think that the reason that I'm playing that is because I've had enough. I've seen I've won the game off of it twice in recent recent games where it's like I put it out and then I hit people for windfall and then I just count the number of cards in my library, pick up everything but one and then win the game right yeah it's it's old reliable it feels good it feels good it gives you a lot of like ammunition and it also uh refills your hand when song of creation fails so if it's out on the field and you're able to like and you get to the end step oh fuck i gotta discard my entire hand next turn player goes i pick up two cards yeah it's another go yeah gives you a chance to like keep the ball rolling Uh, you know and that's a card i was considered cutting so no i think it's a pretty good card it is disgusting if you can keep it on the battlefield. It actually just warps within one rotation. Yeah. 
I guess I didn't get too much. Uh, we talked more about the deck than we did talk about like generically mental prep for yeah, tournaments. That's what I was going to bring us to next is, yeah. you know, like uh, we've done to a few of these and I definitely think we've learned some things over the course of doing it and uh, some tips for new people going out to tournaments. Yes. The real meat what of are the you, subject. What are you physically going to do outside of your deck as a human being? How are you going to prepare for going to this all day event? Yes. Um, my tip is prepare for it like it's a multi-day hike. Bring snacks, bring tons of water. More snacks than you think, more water than you think. Yeah, because you're sitting at this table, you get up and you get five minutes, run to the car, get a snack, like eat something. Good snacks. We're talking, you know, like walnuts, you know, dried fruit, carrots, uh, avocados, brain food, we, yeah, avocados. You know, we, we we picked we up crushed. the block. Yeah, yeah, we crushed last time, and I felt great. Like I like so many times, dude. Like you get through the Swiss, and then you go to like you know the last game of Swiss after break, or you know you're going to like the semifinals, and you're just fucking toast, man. The thing is, if you are preparing for these tournaments and you are like actually eating and drinking water throughout the day, staying hydrated, staying filled up you'll notice the difference between you and the other players at the table they start fading. They're exhausted. They lost three games and they're sitting there. It's like, Oh, you only need to win one more game to get to the, to make the final cut. That like, I mean, if you've had a, like a questionable record, that last table should be the easiest, yep. you know? Yep. Cause they're just playing. They're just putting cards on the table because they feel an obligation because they signed up for the tournament. Right. And if so, if they're also fucking fried and burnt out, you're just going to like walk into an easy dub. Yep. Don't drink chocolate milk. I would say that's like, don't drink these, like, don't uh, drink energy drinks. Don't drink like fatty, like dairy filled substances, like hydration. Yeah. Yogurt's not a good option here for the morning. It is that gets you off on the right foot. But like later in the day, you're eating a cup of yogurt. You're probably like feeling pretty heavy or or slogged down it by the end of that. Yeah. So there's that. I think um, obviously I say obviously, but it's not obvious. Apparently take a fucking shower and put deodorant on and be a human being. Um, I don't care if you have an issue with that. Don't show up to a public event smelling like ass. I carry extra deodorant and I actually I actually carry Vicks VapoRub now, like in my bag, <laughs> so I can put it on my chest. So I, if someone stinks, I don't have to smell. I'm just gonna smell Vicks. Usually it's not that bad, but there's just like one or two people and sometimes it's like right at the players meeting in the morning like we all literally just fucking woke up and you smell like this right now like i understand maybe end of the day and it's been hot yeah but like oh my god there's also something to personal uh, like appearance look good feel good dress in something you're comfortable in like i wear a crop top and a fanny pack and a bucket hat when i go not only do i feel like i look cool because i'm shredded what's up (laughs) catch me outside (laughs) But, uh, I'm staying cool throughout the day because you know those rooms get hot. Yep. Like, and yeah, just cool and comfy. Yep. So wear something that you feel good in. Wear deodorant. Like look good, feel good. It's a mentality thing. This whole thing, the whole game, like you spent hours and hours and hours building these decks, right? Really formulating what the best thing is. If you are not like nutritionally and mentally prepared for this tournament, you're gonna like there's a greater chance that you fail. So if you go in, proper snacks, proper hydration, you clean yourself up, you feel good, you're cooled off, you actually give yourself a greater chance of success at the end of the day. Yeah, Evan and I had a G move last time we went. Uh, instead of traveling and going right into a tournament by waking up via you know 4.30 in the morning, 
Uh, we got there the night before, got a nice hotel room. I took a fucking hour long, like piping hot shower because I could never do that at home. Uh, and it was amazing. And we went in feeling like absolute studs. And there was a hot tub at the hotel. So before the tournament, I went and sat in the hot tub. That's baller. And Continental breakfast. Let's go. Guess what? I got 11th. Let's go. Woo woo. I should have been top four, though. So <laughs> here we are. We'll see how this I'm next one goes. He's yeah, definitely not, not better about it. <laughs> and we'll do a recap next week. Uh, also, if uh, you're listening to this now, it'll be 4th of July by the time the next time the next episode comes out. So happy 4th of July, everybody. And happy 4th. And uh, stay tuned for some gameplay videos, y'all. Yeah, I feel like we're wrapping this up. Uh, look down in the description below. We have the Discord channel there. Pop in, jump in, contribute to one of those 300 plus new messages that I'm going to see Dude, as I pop in. Yeah, pop up on the My Discord. phone's been vibrating as we've been talking this entire time. Yeah, we're just trying to create a community of like growth and development and... It's been awesome. Yeah. Like the community is like the fastest growing part of anything. Like Yeah. People are just so gassed about it. It's super cool. Seeing everyone's perspective is actually really cool on like particular cards and how their strategies play out. Like Chris's Sam's Potatoes deck, which we're going to see played tonight. Yeah, so hyped to see this fucking deck we might get a little deck deck in the future and he you really guys are gonna get to see it in action he blinged this fucker out a word you'll see oh <laughs> i didn't even peep this yet let's fucking go all right this has been the mock stars podcast thanks for listening y'all bye hey, goodbye